Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, a Lexus LC500H special edition. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. Yes, finally, I got my hands on an LC500. I never thought it was going to happen ever, to be honest. <laughs> I know. I'm just so glad it has because it's fairly shut you up, which is which is brilliant because <laughs> because for those of you who, who don't know, I had, was about two years ago now? Yeah. It's been about two years ago. I had an LC500, the non-hybrid V8 version, for four or five days. Yep. And somebody has been really, really jealous ever since. Yes, I have. Until eventually he wore down. Yes. In an effort to get rid of me. <laughs> yeah, in an effort to just make him shut up. <laughs> Scott finally said, look, just go in touch. Just ask. So, Andrew, Lexus LC500H and the latest... I was going to say facelifted, but it hasn't really changed its looks at all. No. But the, the latest spec, I think. Is yes, the latest spec good. and some slight tweaks to settings of the mm -hmm. of the car. Um, but it also came with a, a sport pack, so I had the sport pack version. So this is basically the same as what Alan had, but more electric-y and slightly mm -hmm. less engine-y. So technical terms. coupe GT thing. Yes, Yes, that's exactly it. Uh, so uh, the one I had came with a 3.6-litre V6, which has the capacity of uh, 3,456 of the CCs, which is quite it's a lot. Not, it's not really. It's only three and a half, three and a half litres. That's, that's not that big. It, it felt definitely all right. Mm -hmm. But it's combined with a multi-stage hybrid system and a high-voltage hybrid battery, all of which gives the driver, if they require it, a 354 bhp and 264 kilowatts of power. That's a sufficient amount. The adequate, I think. Is the yeah. adequate was yeah. how but I it felt. Absolutely, it'll be an absolutely flat torque curve to go along with that. Though. Yes will be the rocket ship it looks yeah it's a two-door coupe if you've never seen the lc500 before there is a convertible version but that's not available in hybrid spec this has a co2 rating thanks to wltp of 184 grams per kilometer meaning that the first year ved will be 885 pounds but that is typically wrapped up in the price of a car but that's not so bad given what it is really 184 not at all not at all um no. there are a few paint options so strap mm. in because we start with velvet black which is black f sport white which is white cadoxton slate <laughs> which is dark gray now those were all clusters non-metallic according to lexus's own site and they right. had no extra cost Okay. There, then you move up into the metallic. So we start with Sonic Silver, which is a, a lightish silver. silver. Then we go to Sonic Titanium, which is sort of a metallic-y, beige sandy type color. Then mm -hmm. we go to Graphite Black, so that's metallic black now. Sonic Red, which is a sort of metallic ruby red. And then you've it's got... the color I would have, to be honest. Yes. Naples mm -hmm. Yellow, which is uh, metallic yellow. That was the one that you had if I remember correctly. Yes, it was. Yes. And then there is a blazing carnelian, which is metallic brown. And all those metallics that I've mentioned before come with a price of £500 extra in the old colour tax. There are two more colours to go 
in metallics. And that's deep blue, which is a metallic dark blue, as you would expect. That's nice too. Yeah, and then the terrain uh, khaki, which is a metallic olive green. Both those last two are no extra charge, and I would have that last one myself. The khaki is also very nice, actually. Yes, and be the red or the khaki, depending. Yeah, on Yeah, the red. The red is preference. a very lovely red, and in the sunlight, mm. there is it is special. Uh, like I said, this had the sport pack, so that is just one of your options. But I looked today to double check the prices on Lexus's mm. own UK site, which meant that the entire car came in at eighty-seven thousand seven hundred and fourteen pounds and forty pence, including VAT. That's not too bad, considering what it is. Not at all. Yeah, really. That's at the in that band of this type of car, the more affordable end of the range, I would suggest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, tr- tr- try specking a, a, a nine eleven or something to a to a similar spec, or even an Aston, uh, or, or an Aston, or any of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you're going north of hundred thousand, aren't you? Mm. So I double checked on finance as well. Again, uh, I use Lexus's own finance calculator. And it gives the following. So for a finance of 36 months uh, at 4.69% and a deposit of, and this was very precise that it was automatically in there, £30,699.95. <laughs> All for uh, 10,000 miles a year is only, I feel this is an only at this point, £842.25 per month. That's a hefty deposit though it is a hefty deposit yes but um but you might be trading in something that's 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 more than that if you're trading in a sort of high spec yeah three series or something absolutely and and obviously the you know you you lower your deposit it increases your monthlies it's as simple as that mm-hmm. so that's the way these things work yeah okay so that's all that's all good so you had white sport pack coupe not convertible yes jolly good so right the outside i mean we know we, we know about this because we've, we've we've looked at these before obviously i mean you like it because let's face it that's why you went on about it for years yes okay is that a decent summary i i think it's gorgeous i mean really gorgeous this is it is based on the lflc concept that was shown way back in 2012 and it's remarkably almost is identical to that. <laughs> so, you know, that that's remarkable for two points of view. One, that it's still so fresh and the design is a decade old. Yeah. And the, two the car as as a car, yes. as a production model, I mean it's been out for six years. Yeah, yeah. But also that they kept the design, you know, so close to the concept. Because we're used mm. to seeing a concept comes out and then all of a sudden it's it's not on similar looking wheels. The wing mirrors are suddenly changed. You know, all sorts of things where the and your ride heights are changed and bumpers suddenly turn up and things like that. And yeah, that height above the front wheel, yeah, in particular, that that is amazing. So this nice big long bonnet. It's a low slung cabin. Uh, moving back over to exquisite rear arches. <laughs> I cannot emphasize that enough. The You're engineering obsessed. and the the angles of the metal the curves as well as it still being sharp i just blow me away when i see what they've managed to do and this is this is a car it's not like a sculpt this is a car 
It is, mo- it is as much a sculpture as a car. Let's let's be honest. Yes. Uh, the the car, to be fair, it doesn't look like anything else on the market. Anything else that it's up against, it doesn't look. Nothing compares to it in terms of the. Like I was saying before, the the sharpness of the angles. Yet it's still soft. It, like they're rounded off. It's got curves. It's not full of slashes and swoops and things like that. And the, and the front end is very much you know you know that's a Lexus. And that that's no bad thing, but that that bonnet as well, just it reminds me of like sort of Batman. Mm. Mm-hmm. The old classical, the, the bonnet goes on for ages and ages. <laughs> it just it just feels like that, and it's great. I think it's I think it's just brilliant. Um, these these are sat on twenty one inch uh, forged alloy wheels, uh, which are standard fit uh, from Lexus on that on that side of things. I, I just think it looks really special, and the reaction from people as you drove along, whether they were pedestrians or other car users, they felt it was special as well. The things we were saying about that eighty-six thousand pound price tag earlier on, and saying, "Well, it's, it's actually not that expensive." When people ask you how much it is, they expect it to be well into six, well into you know a hundred and something thousand. Yeah, constantly. That's what I got. People were like, "And how much is it?" It's like, "Well, it's, it's eighty something thousand." And they're like, "Well, is that all?" Was that used? It's like, no, that's that's new. That's how much it costs. Yeah. They're like, wow, that seems really amazing. Yeah. Especially when you do things like you open the doors and you can see a little bit of the, the carbon fiber, the sort of smushed carbon fiber matting that's used and inside the boot and stuff as well. Mm. And and you see that it is all of those different all of those different production techniques. Semi experimental at the time, really. Yeah. Going into it, then you think, well, actually, wow, yes, it should possibly be more expensive. Mm. Totally agree with you on that one. And that's the reaction I got from people as well, very much along those lines. Mm-hmm. Right, I'll take us to the interior now. So, uh, as we always do, let's start with the boot. And it's surprisingly practical. I mean, I really genuinely mean this, because I uh, I had to pop to the shops once. I got a couple of bags of coal in, a bag of logs. Don't worry, uh, Lexus, it was, it's, they, these were all sealed. It's very clean. And, and, and as the person who picked up the car will testify, the car was clean. It's all right. No, no Lexus PRs listen to this podcast, so we're fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. On top of that, in the in the same in the same shop, I got things you know, useful, vital things like beer, uh, pop, uh, some little few amounts of food as well, because apparently people feel that's necessary in our household. But it all fitted in nicely. It's not like I had to squash anything. And you've seen the picture of it as well. Mm-hmm. I, I, mm-hmm. It's a good sized boot. There's no curry hooks. However, I would suggest in a car such as this, if you've got just like one bag. You'll be putting it behind the front seat somewhere because of that's just that perfect sort of space behind the front seat and the back seat. So I, well, when you say back seat, Andrew, well, yes, there are two seats, but you will not want to have any legs if you wish to sit in it. You need to yeah. be a very small person or have somebody very accommodating in the front seat who can move forward quite a way. Yeah, they're not really. They're, they're sort of convenience storage area. It's like Porsche's 2 plus 2, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And they it's, are sculpted, so area. they will hold things in place to stop them from going side to side. <laughs> yeah, but, and that's what the seatbelts are for. They're just for holding the, you know, hold, holding the shopping bag in place. Yeah. <laughs> so the interior comes with three options. So you can have the black Alcantara leather look, which is what the car I had 
it came with. You can have ochre alcantara leather, which is tan. Uh, and then you can have flare red Alcantara. Sorry, I was going to say fav- favorite word of my favorite word of my my GCSE art teacher was ochre. <laughs> Everything did more ochre. So yes, know exactly what color ochre is. If it was my money and I I could actually purchase this car, I'd have the ochre interior with the terrain khaki paint mm-hmm. and It'd be pretty classy. Uh, yeah, I think so. But the, I think the red looks nice. I've seen it in um, other photographs and stuff, and I, I think I, it's really nice look. Yeah, I, I had the red, mm. uh, the, the yellow exterior and the, and, and the red interior, which sounds a bit gaudy, but it, it actually, bizarrely, it isn't as gaudy as you think. But yes, it would be, yeah, it would be the ochre in, inside for me, mm. uh, whether it's it's red or, or khaki. Yeah, because I, I found it quite dark, with the mm-hmm. black interior, even though it's got nice sort of accents of silver or metal. I think it's aluminium, actually. Trims and switches and pieces around the interior, as well as the stitching was of a lighter colour as well on, on the mm-hmm. leather. Um, so that helped lift it a bit. But obviously it's a low-slung coupe, so your glazing area isn't massive. And then it's got privacy glass on it as well. You know, if it's, if it's a dark day, then it, it can feel... You see, I had the red one, and I didn't feel that. It felt cosy, but it definitely it didn't feel a whole of Calcutta. Yeah, it wasn't quite that of. because of the little accent things, but I just felt it, it needed more lifting. Mm-hmm. Okay. More lifting. You chose chosen a different colour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I was going to moan about that. But mm. the, the front, uh, well, what a lovely place to sit that was. <laughs> the seats uh, were fabulously supportive, but they had... Uh, decent bolsters, but they weren't they weren't overbearing. Do you know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. they they didn't get in the way of things, but they held you nicely in place. So it wasn't a trial to get in and out the car where I had to sort of scale over the. So all people could get in and out without looking silly. Yes. Is what you're actually trying to say here? Yes. yes. Old broken people like me. <laughs> You sit obviously lovely and low, and then with the ability to adjust the wheel and the seat, you can get it just so. Mm-hmm. So you are perfectly happy. And there's obviously buttons where you can program the uh, the seating position. So if, and I don't know why you would do this, you let someone else drive your Lexus LC500H, you could allow them to set a seating uh, position that would be preferable for them. But uh that wouldn't happen for me, I have to say. But so <laughs> the dashboard is really nice. With it, the central, the, the the binnacle in front of the behind the wheel has one large dial slap bang in the middle of the uh, digital screen, and because it's got a digital screen, you have the ability for lots of different bits of info to be shown or to be set by you. Mm-hmm. Would it remind me, does it still have the little motorized plastic bezel that's part of it? Yes. So that whenever you switch to it, you've got a digital and you've got physical elements as well. Yes. Which work together and it's all so when you change the driving mode. synchronized. You just change the driving mode and it, and it sort of flicks across and then, it, and then you switch it and then back it changes. to comfort or normal, whatever it was. And it goes back. <laughs> and it's just really, it's really nice. It's such a fantastically unnecessary piece of theatre which just makes you really really happy about it yeah 
well made me really really happy about it because i'm easily amused <laughs> no no it is it, I, i'm not saying that there may have been one journey where i just played changing the setting backwards and forwards just to watch that <laughs> but yes no that is a... only one journey oh wow you're doing better than i man <laughs> you can have a whole three minute video of it <laughs> uh so the steering wheel it's really nice size it's not it's not a large steering wheel but it's a good chunky feel in the hands um you, you know it's not like a tiny little thin steering wheel you've got nice metal flappy paddles to change gears if you really want to make the 10 speed auto box do things it that it wasn't doing already which i never felt the need people might remember the special edition i did quite some time ago where i went down to down to toyota and spent some time with richard seymour and we talked about the auto box from this in there so it's 10 speed but it, it chooses different gears on the way up than from the way down so it doesn't actually go through all 10 of them. So you're not sort of flicking up and down like a, like a mad thing. It's a really clever, clever thing. Mm. Uh, and it's one of those times where the paddles are nice, but, oh, look, I've changed up. Now I've changed down. And now I'm never going to touch them again, despite the fact that I really could just sit here and sort of stroke my fingers on the, the, the nice alloy. I never felt that I caught the, the box out at all, ever. Obviously, you try it because you want to see that it does that. A, it does something, <laughs> and B, it does what you expect it to do. But after yeah. that, it was, I will let the car do that little bit because it's doing it absolutely fine as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. Then, if you go just to the left, we get to the uh, central screen, uh, and that's all behind a single piece of glass that runs the full width of the rest of the cabin. So, so right over to the passenger side door. Yes, it goes. Yeah, it goes right up to that the, the vent right on the far side by the door, and it gives a really lovely minimalist feel to it, which is very considering again the age of the original concept, and then mm. when this started production, it's, it's very now as far as a lot of manufacturers are, are trying to bring into their car, interior designs is to bring this yeah. quite clean interior particularly going across from the driver across in front of the front passenger so that that's lovely definitely seeing much more of that up right across all sorts of manufacturers ranges yeah i think on the latest is that you know the new honda civic being one of them yeah that that helps not only is it minutes but it helps give it such a i think luxury is probably the right word here because of the few materials they decided to use and they are really very nice materials as you would expect and hope i it gave it such a really classy feel in that cabin it's not yeah it's that and it's the fact that things like the the screen is behind this single piece of glass mm. so it's not oh look we've shoved a screen through the thing everything is so integral into it yeah that it doesn't you know that 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 it's not a number of different modules put together it is this is for this car yeah and it, i was going to say with the with the interior that I, I i always felt that it was it was luxury but it wasn't there was definitely no bling for the sake of it and it wasn't as though it was it was going we're luxury it was just restrained mm. and just a just a nice calm place that's how i felt about it and analog clock as well which is always a win for me yes i mean i might have bought cars on the strength of their analog clock well the strength of their analog clock might have featured a little bit too high in my purchasing decision 
some cars. You, you in the past. say I'm a sucker might for an analog clock. Too car. high. You mean compared to other people, perhaps? <laughs> oh, compared to other people, it definitely appeared too high. Let's let's not beat about the bush in that. <laughs> right. So below this central 10.3 inch screen. Um, there are switches for the interior comfort, so that's your climate control and all that sort of stuff. Uh, again, that's finished wonderfully, really nice touch, and it is a physical switch, and it is very easy to see what you are changing and how you're changing it. But remind me, there are very few buttons there, aren't there, for the climate control? Uh, there are. One second. Okay, okay, I wasn't expecting an exact number here. It's about okay. half a dozen. It's... Yeah, which for two sides, for sort of separate for separate driver and passenger is, is very minimal because actually you can go in via the screen and you can make fine-tune the adjustments in there uh, and things. Mm. And I, I found when I had it that I just set the climate concierge, yes, that's what it's called, with a temperature and it just did what it needed to do to, you know, heat the seat, cool the seat, heat the steering wheel should it decide and just generally make the cabin the temperature that you kind of wanted with the strength of fanness that you kind of wanted mm-hmm. uh, and then after that unless you just wanted to nudge it up or nudge it down a couple of degrees depending on how bright the sunshine was and stuff then i never really had to touch it there aren't that many controls on display but actually in the background there's quite a lot of you can go in and be very detailed about it okay. if you wish to yeah fight with the touch to which fight with the the the, the system I I didn't do it that way, and I, in the week I had it, I didn't have the need to be. You know, I set it once, and that was it. I mm-hmm. I was happy, and the car was happy. That's all that matters. Isn't yes, it? quite. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if we're going to just quickly come through the rest of the transmission, the quite chunky transmission tunnel actually, which helped to make you feel quite cosseted in your front seat. But there, below the the switches for the climate control and all the rest of it is an actual CD player. So that's a nice... I, I, I still quite like seeing those. Gosh, it's old school, man. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, then there's a single drink holder. Uh, and then if you move further back, uh, you have the gear selector on the right-hand side. And then you've got the Lexus trackpad, which is great because uh you know finally the the righteous amongst us there's left-handed Fine people if handed the, in a right-hand the, the lovely left-handed people of this world who are often the butt of dreadful jokes and are picked on mercilessly uh do actually get their own control panel uh i i yes i'm left-handed i really really like lexus trackpad it just but it's not just the fact that it, it's because i'm left-handed but i think the actual inputs that you need to put in are very I, I i like that it it i've clicked with it immediately so I, I it's it's very flicky i think if i was able to control it with my right hand i'd be quite happy with it mm. because okay. it's it is it is a lot like using a the, the trackpad on a good laptop mm. yeah using a trackpad on a good laptop with my left hand it's still annoying. Yeah. But you see, if you're left-handed, you've had to become ambidextrous in this country. If you're left-handed, then you yeah, whatever. So uh, just behind that, uh, you get into the sliding the sliding cover and armrest for the cubby box, which, again, is surprisingly capacious. Uh, and it's also got the, the USB sockets, uh, which so you can plug in and get hold of Apple CarPlay and Android Auto via that. That's well. a big difference since last time. 
since mm. since I had it. That that's one of the the big introductions finally across the whole Lexus range. Yeah, fantastic. So nice place to be generally on the inside. Yeah, really nice. So how is it to once you're in there? How is it to drive? Right. I think well, I can predict I... the outcome of this already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you? <laughs> Can you guess? Uh, I did a <laughs> bunch of local journeys, so that's through town and a little bit of country roads. Alan's seen these roads. He knows they're not nice, and that is pretty much what they were. Did you spend quite a lot of time scared for those 21-inch alloy wheels, Andrew? No, I didn't, actually. Really? No. Okay. I spent quite a lot of my time scared with that. I mean, I, I park those. six foot from pavements, but I oh, do yeah, that every yeah. time I get a press car. <laughs> yeah, that, that's standard press car behaviour. Yeah. <laughs> I just leave this in the middle of the road. It's fine. No, I'm not on double yellows. You can see, you can clearly get another car inside it. <laughs> park, parked outside a friend's house, but you can tell that's a press car, can't you? Look at the space there. Should we get your Should we get your taxi to the curb? It's like, shut up. I'm not curbing these. <laughs> yeah, quite. Uh, so I did a bunch of local journeys, and I took it off to the Lake District and came back in the morning after an early start uh, which required me to uh it was it was dreadful it required me to sample a roads b roads town roads motorways in the car so i'd class this definitely in the gt side of things rather than an out and out sports car it, that's not to say that it can't hustle along because oh yes it can oh <laughs> yes that's not a problem but- but it, it's never going to be an, an Elise or an MX-5. You know, no, it's, no, it's, no. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's not trying to compete with that. But I felt most in sync with it and most comfortable driving it, and this is me, be, when it was sort of fast swooping roads rather than mm-hmm. lots of tight, fiddly, twisty roads. Yeah, it's... It- Yes, because it is because it is quite a big car. It is quite wide and it is quite long. And there were a few roads in the Lace District that that really hit home when people in battered Mark One discoveries were hurtling the other way. And there's a there's a stone wall here. There is a stone wall, not quite a car's width there. <laughs> and eighty six thousand oh. pounds worth of carbon fibre in between. Yes, yes, and I managed to. Breathe in and drag the sides <laughs> several yeah, inches. Like... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so the engine, right? Only a V6. Still sounds pretty good. Uh, it's not V8 good, but I, we have all heard ropey V6s. This is not mm. one of them. It's still made a really good sound. There's a couple of times I've had to go through tunnels with it, and that was not a hardship. Yeah, Re- remember that also. This is this has quite a, a subtle but but good to my ears augmentation system in it as well for when you're inside the car. So it's what you hear inside the car isn't necessarily what you hear outside the car. Yeah, uh, it's better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So with the hybrid support. The thing just sipped fuel. I mean, I know it's got a big fuel tank, 82 litres, I think it is. But even so, I tried jolly hard (laughs) quite a lot of the time with the loud pedal. And I still, still struggled to get it below 34 combined. Mm -hmm. And I think it's 34.8 is what they declare it is on their their spec sheets under WLTP. Can't remember what I got. I was being Captain Captain Gentle when I had when I had it at, when I had the V eight, and I think I was about twenty eight or twenty nine, and that was being 
quite gentle out across Norfolk and stuff, which is about as good as it gets for fuel consumption figures, really, for mm. anywhere around here at those speeds. So, so that's that's pretty impressive, really. Well, when I was on the what what won't have helped that is the is the motorway because when I was on the motorway, it was barely ticking over. When I was mm. doing the legal limit, it was you know there was times I was going, is this on? Just a quick glance at the rev counter just to make sure there's something happening, <laughs> you know. And because it, it's so quiet inside, as as you would presume it would be in a Lexus, it was it was just such a. To when you decided to change the the type of driving you wanted to do, the mm-hmm. car happily allowed you to do that, and it wasn't a battle. So if you wanted to do just relax cruising because you're on a motorway. It it made it made that feel so simple, and then if you wanted to push along on a road that you felt was was right to do that, switch a mode, or you don't. I mean, I didn't even switch modes sometimes, uh, and the car reacted nicely to that. And again, you were just it just it went with you. You if you said I want to do this, it went with you. I think what's really in, interesting about this. Uh, as a car and as a concept really is you're getting the best of all the worlds yeah because on long cruises you're getting a largish uh, a moderately large petrol engine just cruising at tick over mm. and not having to try very hard around town you're getting quite a lot of ev time mm. you know yeah. up to stops uh, when it you know cutting out whenever you're you're at traffic lights and things and then eve and then electric away from the mark and stuff mm. So you're really getting the, the the best of both worlds in there. I think if if you are a person who is definitely considering your impact on things, but still you do like a sportier car, this really ticks a lot of boxes in that favour. Mm-hmm. You know, and you want the image. It's got a great image. Too. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, one thing that really stood out for me as well uh, with the, with the car was that the steering was phenomenal. It was so quick. I mean, the first couple of journeys, it was like, oh wow, it really is quick. But it, and you know, it sort of almost caught me out. But oh, you do adapt quite quickly to it. <laughs> uh, hashtag insert grinning emoji. Uh, <laughs> but considering the weight and the, the size of the thing. It's really easy to drive around. It was dead easy to drive around town, but because that steering response made such a difference to it all, it was. It, I, I was really surprised at how how much the steering was reactive, uh, because you could look at the car and you think, "Oh, that's going to be a bit of a boat," and it really wasn't at all. Mm-hmm. You could go. Oh, maybe they've just gone for looks. They haven't. They haven't worked on the underside as well. But no, they have. One of the things I think helped with the the steering and the positioning generally, because as you said, big car, is that the you could see where the front wheels were. Mm. So obviously, the the way the bodywork comes up, and because you can see along the bonnet, then you could see exactly where you knew where the front wheels were at all times, both sort of as an extremity and you know making sure you you turn the steering wheel at the right time because mm. you know where where your car is positioned on the road and i actually think that that, that sort of visual feedback um can re helps with helps with the steering because you know you're steering in the right place at the right time mm. um which you don't always get really with cars 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Especially bigger ones. Yeah. Technology then. What, right. what have we got? Other than the hybrid system, which I assume we're going to take as a, a given. Yes. So there was uh, a couple of sort of packs, I think is the best way to term them. So the first one was Lexus's Safety System Plus. So that included, here we go, take a deep breath, adaptive cruise control, pre-collision safety, traffic sign recognition, which worked really well, actually. Mm. Uh, I didn't get any false false ones on that where I have had with others. Advanced lane keep assist, sway warning, automatic high beam, vehicle dynamics integrated management. <laughs> Blind spot okay. monitor. I yeah, I don't know what that is. Blind spot monitor uh, with rear cross traffic alert. Um, it's got adaptive variable suspension. It's got vehicle stability control, traction control. It comes with uh, hill start assist control uh, with the hold switch for the driver. Then there is driver and front passenger, front side and knee airbags. There is also. The Lexus Premium Navigation, which includes the 10.3-inch screen, DVD player, CD player, access to the connected services, full European mapping. It's got street view, reversing camera. That camera system was really good that mm. the, the, they've got there. Although I, I would really have liked it, the reversing camera if it had just like popped out the badge. If they just sort of like pop the badge up. You're obsessed with that. Unfortunately, well, manufacturers clean. don't seem to do it. I agree with you. I agree. I had... You know, my R plate, as usual, Veracross had a little hatch over its reversing camera, and it was one of the very first uh, vehicles that was sold with a reversing camera as standard, and it always kept it clean. And mm. so it it pains me that that they don't still come with that. Uh, yeah. And, you know, people do it. They just kind of stick it on the outside, so you have to give the the thumb wipe. Yes. Or you're, you're either going to wipe it with your thumb or you've got to reverse into Monet's lily pads. That's what yeah. it looks like half the time. <laughs> But the thing about much of that tech, sorry, is yep. that when we started this, when we started this podcast six years ago, I would have been really, really impressed by all of that. Mm. And now that is, it's all so, you know, with the exception of things like the sway warning system, I guess, mm. then it it's filtered right the way down to B segment hatchbacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Toyota's, you know, the the new Yaris, you can get with practically all of that. Which is which is just nuts in in six years for so much tech to have filtered down so quickly. Yeah, yeah. and it all works just as well because it's probably the same brains behind it in the in here as in the Yaris. But yeah, yeah, no, that's that is true. Uh, but just to, just to round out, it comes uh, with smartphone integration. So if you wanted to sync your phone to the Lexus system, uh, and as I said before, Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. Okie doke. So how do you feel you got on with it then? What was your what's your verdict Andrew? What do you think about this this car that you've done nothing but heap praise on so far? Well, in case anybody's unsure, I'll 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 I think I should, you know, clear any misconceptions out the way. Well, let's put it like this. I wasn't just a little bit upset when the lovely people from Lexus came to take it away. I was inconsolable. <laughs> if they need someone to test it for a year or maybe two, I'd be more than happy to be that soldier. Every time I felt special, every time I was in that car, 
I felt special because of the car itself, but because of the reaction of people around. So that's whether it was other drivers or whether it was people uh, walking along or whether it was when it was parked up and people were having clearly having a good look and a nose and wondering what the car was and all the rest of it. It just it engendered this quite positive reaction. Now, to do that in Britain, yeah. particularly at the minute, it's really hard. It's amazing. <laughs> can I can I ask you a question? Mm. Did you find that you dressed a little bit better whenever you knew you were going to go out in it? No. I still no. look like a man who lived under a rock in the woods. Oh, right. Okay. Because I, I know that I did. Made a bit more of an effort. Clean T-shirt. No, not, you know. It was, there were more polo shirts and T-shirts worn that week. That kind of thing. Yeah. No, no. It, it, it didn't affect me that way, but I could easily see it doing that yes mm -hmm. like i didn't want to let the car down yeah that's exactly what i'm talking about <laughs> that that's what i mean that's what i was aiming for when i said that <laughs> yeah uh that, that's quite bad when you get a press car like that <laughs> <laughs> so to sum this up i think if you're looking for a gt car and especially if you are considering your impact on the environment and world uh, not necessarily to save money or anything like that. I don't. You know, I'm not sort of meaning that sort of thing. And you would like a vehicle that isn't one of the usual suspects in this in this segment. It's got to be right near the very top to try. I think. I know it's on my lottery garage list. I, I definitely see why. Whether I'd choose the hybrid or the VA, but a little bit of me thinks, well, you know, to be honest, driving around the hybrid one would make me would be a little bit conscious conscience easing. But if it's lottery win, but I could also see myself driving it quite a lot. That's the thing. Mm. Yeah. This is a problem I don't have, by the way, ultimately. A problem I'm worrying about, or I have worried about previously. I'm choosing to have. worry about. I would like to worry yes. about this problem. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is a problem I wish to have. Why isn't so, it? <laughs> that, that has to be one of our most overwhelmingly positive reviews ever, I think. Yes. Yes. My my only moan was I would change the colour of the interior. I, which is a surprise because you don't like white cars. So I was expecting you to say you'd change the colour of the exterior as well. But you'd, you'd have a different colour scheme. But that's it. Yeah. Okay. I think that tells us all we need to know, doesn't it? Yes. Now I need to go and sob quietly in the corner. Just hang on a bit before you do that. But in the meantime... Don't forget that and the next time you can give us any feedback and share your thoughts for the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook, and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Please don't forget to leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing. Uh, Andrew, if people want to ask more or to send sympathetic messages... Oh, any of these things. Uh, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Best way to do that is via Twitter. If you search for Crap Windscreen, you should find me there. And Alan, if people would like to know more about what the full V8 version is like, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, well, one of the best ways to the best way to do that really is actually to go back and to listen to the special edition uh, all about it. Uh, but once you've done that, if you've still got any questions, you can get in touch with me on Twitter where I'm at AJP Bradley. That's B R A D. L-E-Y. Uh, we'll be back before very long. But until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues. And safe motoring. <laughs>